a moment of power. It's time for a Moment of Power podcast with Pastor Johnny Henderson, being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Let's get into the Word. Luke chapter 5. Go with me to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, New Testament. One of my favorite passages of Scripture. If you would stand as you're turning... Follow along with your favorite version. I'm using the NIV this week. It's on the screen as well. Luke chapter 5. Put your finger on verse 17. Put your finger on verse 17. Listen at these words. One day, Jesus was teaching... Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. They could not find a way to do this because of the crowd. They went up on the roof lowered him on his mat and the tiles in the middle into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Verse 20, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier? To say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Verse 25, immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. I want to I want to use verse twenty five as a focus first this morning. It says immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. And I want to use as a subject this morning: don't throw away your mat. Don't throw away your mat. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for the opportunity to stand behind this sacred podium and preach your holy word. God, I pray that you would use me one more time to declare your word, to give what you, or to share what you have given me to share with your people. God, I pray that you would help me to articulate it. I pray that you would give me clarity of thought. I pray that you would uh, uh, make the pages on uh, words on these pages live, come to life in the hearts of your people. God, may all of us be edified, and may you be glorified. I pray that there's anyone here that has not been saved today. I pray that your word would uh, bring conviction for salvation. So, Father, you get all of the glory. Let the people hear all of you and hear none of me. Let them see all of you and see none of me. I'll be so careful to give you all the praise, the glory, 
and heal. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Don't throw away your mat. This text is one of my, as I mentioned earlier, is one of my favorite passages in all of the Bible. It is what I call the convergence, if you will, the convergence of faith, friends, and a mat. One of the things we see in the Gospel of Luke is that Jesus, he can put people's lives back together. People that have been physically sick, mentally impaired, socially branded, or whatever else, he, he can put their lives together and he can make them whole again and he can also make us whole again, if you will. If you read Luke, we, we see Jesus, he's constantly forgiving hurting, hurting people. He's constantly forgiving guilt-ridden people. He's constantly healing broken people. He, he's constantly being bombarded with people or by people that have all kind of demands for their lives. But Jesus does it over and over and over again. Amen? Amen. And this passage this morning, it, it tells us or it shows us how Jesus puts this man's life right back together. And today, even, even on Mother's Day today, I believe we can be glad that Jesus in 2022 is still putting lives back together. Putting lives back together through his ability to forgive our sins and heal us. Amen? Amen. He, 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 he plays careful, pays careful attention to the faith of these men, these friends that have brought this, this paralyzed man to this uh, crowded house, if you will, this, this place where he's teaching and doing ministry. And the question becomes, why, why does the Bible continue to pound faith so much? Why do we continue to harp on faith so much? Why do we see it in the Bible? Faith is important this morning. I come to tell you that. And I guarantee you, any, any of these mothers sitting here today, they would, they would tell you that they couldn't have made it this far without faith in God and, and spending so much time on their knees praying to God. So I know on this Mother's Day, all of you mothers know what faith and how, how much it means in, to, in your journey in this life. Amen? Amen. But why is faith so, so important? Why do we harp on it? Why do we pound on it? It takes faith to believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah. It takes faith to believe that what God says is always right and true. All right. Amen. It takes faith to trust and walk in that every single day. Amen? Yes. However, if your faith doesn't continue to grow in your relationship with Christ... You won't have the faith to see God's kingdom come, not only in your own life, but in the lives of those around you. Whatever faith you have inside of you will determine the outcome of the faith level you have for God to work things in you and around you. If you don't have faith for God to move, there's a good chance you're probably not or you won't be looking for anything to happen in your life. Faith is important. I came to tell you this morning. It's important. It's important because number one, as we know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's, it's important for many, any number of reasons, but the chief reason is without faith.
faith, it is impossible to please God. That's what Hebrews 11 and 6 says. Without faith, it, it is impossible to please him. For he, he, he come, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. Let's be real. It, it's hard believing in a God we cannot see. It's hard believing in a God that uh, says we, it takes faith to even believe him. Amen. But faith is critical. It pleases God. But I believe number two, secondly, faith is important because Jesus notices our level of faith. We see it right here in this text as well. In the book of Matthew, we all see what faith does to Jesus. Matthew 15, 28 says, Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Jesus, Jesus knows, notices your faith, beloved. This woman, she was a Gentile who had faith that Jesus was the only hope for her sick daughter. She wouldn't take no for an answer. She wouldn't take no, no for an answer. So Jesus, moved by her faith, granted her request. But I would also argue with you that faith is uh, what strengthens us during our trial. Let's be honest, we go through trials. Some of you look at me right, looking at me right now, you're going through a trial. But it's because of your faith that you haven't given up. Amen. It's because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that, that keeps you going every single day. I stand to declare this morning, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a surprise to you when your faith is tested. This is why James says in uh, chapter 2, verse 3, the testing of your faith produces patience. And, and we ought to stand firm in faith, even in our trials. Amen? Amen? And understand that God gets the glory. He goes on to say that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's 1 Peter 1 and 7. Faith is important, y'all. Yes, I, I cannot stress it enough. I remember talking to my dad one time. He said, son, you can preach about faith every Sunday. And it'll never get old because the reality is we all need some measure of faith. Amen. I will submit to you also that faith is often the driving force behind what we do. We demonstrate our faith in God by what we do and how we live. In other words, if you talk like a faithless person, it will show in your life. But if you talk like a faithful person, it will also show in your life. Faith is often the driving force behind what we do. James says, for, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Amen. Our faith is often validated by our actions that will follow. Amen? Amen. Likewise, actions done without faith are useless. We, we must always, always, let the church say always. always. We must always act in faith. James goes on to say, thus also faith by itself. If it does not, have works is dead. Someone will say, you have faith and I have works. 
It, 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 it is a, a, a validation of our actions, if you will. But here's one more faith. Our faith, y'all. I don't know if you know this or not, but your faith encourages others around you. The person sitting next to you may be down in their faith. But maybe your faith, maybe they're watching you. Maybe your faith is encouraging them this morning. Amen. I came to tell you this morning, your faith is noticeable. People are paying attention to you and your faith. And that's what encourages others as well. Amen. Amen. Paul says in Colossians 1, 3 through 4, we give thanks to the God, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. I came to tell you, somebody has heard about your faith and your faith is what is keeping them going. Amen. Amen. And then the last piece here, faith is the foundation of our salvation. It, it is it is what our salvation is riding on, if you will. When Jesus walked the earth, we know that the Jewish people were sure that they had to keep all the rules of the law in order to be acceptable to God. But when Jesus came, he, he, he redefined the law. He redefined righteousness. That's why Paul said a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be, might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Amen. Amen. Our salvation is riding, our faith in our salvation is riding on Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It's not about what you do. It's not about uh, who you know. It's simply about salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen. We are made right with God through faith in Jesus. God's son. We are, we, are, we are made right by Jesus Christ, not by what we do or what we don't do. We don't, we don't earn our salvation. We are, we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ. Saved, faith in Jesus Christ. So what I like about this text this morning as we get right into the text, uh, Luke, what he does here, he presents Jesus as a Savior who is accessible to all people. That's what I love about it. He, he presents Jesus as a Savior who is accessible. How many thank God that you have access to Jesus? We see, we see in our particular text today, we see that the news of Jesus has spread throughout this region of Capernaum. Jesus is working and preaching and teaching the word of God. He, he's working miracles. He's healing and delivering. The, the people are excited because they've never witnessed anything like this before. The text says they come from all over Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem to witness this man that they've heard so much about. The news about him, it, it continues to spread quickly. The text goes on to highlight this paralyzed man. They can't walk or do anything for himself. So we see, we see in our passage this week that, that Christ has the power over sin. He can heal us from our sins and deliver us from our sins and afflictions. He heals, he heals both body and spirit through forgiveness of sin. These, these, these paralytics, his friends, they lower them down into the room, into the into through the ceiling here. So that he can get close to Jesus. So that he can experience this bodily healing that he so desperately needs, y'all. 
And yet their faith moved Christ. Yeah. It, it moved Jesus to forgive this man of his sin. He, he, not only did he forgive him of his sin, but he got a two-for-one special. Come on. Then he got a he got a buy one, get one free, if you will. He, he, he not only got forgiven of his sins, but he was able to get up yeah. and go on back to the house. He, he got a two-for-one special. And absolutely, off of somebody else's faith. And so Christ uh, shows his power over sin. He, he shows that he's still a way maker and a miracle worker right here in this text. These Pharisees, these, uh, I want to call them haters, if you will. These, these onlookers, they, they are uh, complainants. They are uh, observers in the peanut gallery, if you will. They, they're asking, who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus, Jesus is on the scene. He taught to forgive sins and heal and still perform in miracles. And I know you're saying, Pastor, what does that have to do with faith? And I come to share this morning, we have, there are some things about faith that I, that I see in this text that I want to share with you this morning. This man on this mat and these four guys, uh, Mark says it was four of them, Luke just says men, but these men, they carry in this man on this mat. We see some lessons that I want you to take home with you about faith. Number one, faith must be paired with persistence. Faith must be paired with persistence. What do I mean by that? We all have things we have submitted to God, things that we are believing God for, things that we have prayed about, but I want to encourage you to never give up at the first sign of difficulty. That's, that's persistence. Never give up at the first sign of difficulty. Sometimes things get difficult. Sometimes things look impossible, but when faith is paired with persistence, you're saying that no matter how bleak the situation looks, I still believe that God can do the impossible. That's what persistence looks like when it's a pair or coupled with our faith, if you will. Verse 18 says, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on the mat, tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus when they could not. Find a way to do this because of the crowd. Let the church say the crowd. They went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat and the towels into the middle of the crowd. I came to tell you this morning, persistence matters in your faith. In other words, my faith, your faith, it, it has to be able to see beyond limitations. Because the truth of the matter is, and if you'll tell on yourself, sometimes we give up. At the first sign of difficulty. Let's be real on this Mother's Day. Sometimes we give up at the first sign of difficulty. We, we, sometimes we, we have a mindset that everything ought to be a little bit easier. But I came to tell you this morning, don't give up. If, you, if you're praying for it, if you're believing for it, if you need that deliverance, that breakthrough, don't give up at the first sign of difficulty. People come from all over the area to be healed. Luke specifically points out that the power of the Lord was with Jesus yeah. to heal the sick. Yeah. This, this highlights the importance of the persistence. All right. 
Because if I if I give up, I could miss my blessing. I, I love how Luke points it out that the, the Jesus is anointed for this moment. And if I gave up, y'all, I, I would have missed my blessing. If, if this man, if these men hadn't taken him through that roof, if they had given up at the first sign of difficulty, perhaps they could have missed that blessing. If if you give up, perhaps you could miss your blessing. Perhaps I could miss my deliverance if I would have given up. I, I could miss my breakthrough that I've been hoping and praying for. So I want to encourage you again to stay persistent. The opposite of persistent faith is frustrated faith. Uh, sometimes we get frustrated, y'all. When, it, when it's not going our way, when, it, when things get a little difficult, we get frustrated. Frustrated faith, it leads to retreat and giving up. Never give up. A sick man is brought to Jesus by his friends. They can't reach him because of the large crowd. But these men, they don't give up. They, they, they make a hole in the roof. Come on. As we, as we used to say back today, the they, they pull the roof off the place. And they let this man down in front of Jesus. The persistence of these men is sure that their friend had access to Jesus despite the obstacles. And we ought to be careful about uh, it, it also highlights the uh, the concern we ought to have with who we surround ourselves with. Because sometimes you surround yourself with the wrong people, it, it becomes a strain on your relationship with Jesus. You, you need to surround yourself with people that will make sure you stay connected with Jesus Christ. Or in the case of this text, get connected to Jesus Christ. The man is paralyzed. He can't get to Jesus for himself. But thanks be to God. He has people around him that care enough about him to get him, get him to the one that can heal him. The crowd, y'all, the crowd is significant. These friends are significant. The single most important thing here is Luke. Luke shows how they obstruct access to Jesus. Sometimes we, we think the more people around that are around us, the more successful we are. But Luke gives a different perspective. It, it, it's not about the, the size of the crowd. It's about the, the, the character of the people around you. It's, it's about the, the it's quantity, uh, quality over quantity. If you know. it, it's about quality over quantity. I don't need but two or three good people around me. Two or three uh, good quality people around me. That's what the text shows. The crowd is standing around looking, but the men are trying to get access to Jesus. Amen. That is persistent faith. The crowd, he, he preached the word to the crowd, but he gives healing and deliverance to the man that went beyond the crowd. He, he, sometimes you got to go beyond the crowd. Don't stop at difficulty. Go beyond the difficulty. And it, it appears these men, they understand that it's, it's not good enough just to hear the word. But they understand that they, there has to be a response to Jesus in the, in the vicinity. Amen. They heard about it. But they took the man to get next to him. We all need people like this in our lives. Amen. So there is persistent faith. But here is the second thing I want you to notice about faith this morning. Persistent faith then becomes provocative faith. It becomes provocative faith. Of faith, if you will. 
And, and if you're on the mat, or if you're carrying the mat, never give up. Some of us have been on the mat, and some of us have been the ones carrying the mat. Don't give up. We don't give up because we know that it is faith that provokes God. That's why we don't give up. He, he forgives this man's sins based on the faith of these men. We all need the same persistence that these men who brought this man to Jesus had. A faith that never gives up. Secondarily, not only faith, faith provokes Jesus, but not only does it provoke Jesus, it also provokes the opposition as well. Uh, that's, that's when Satan likes to raise his old ugly head. When you're trying to get closer to God, that's when the opposition rises up just as well. And opposition rises up because these, these Pharisees, they start grumbling. They start complaining. The point is, when God responds to your faith and releases favor, when God responds to your faith and releases healing, when God responds to your faith and blesses you accordingly, it doesn't matter what a Pharisee has to say. I think I'm going to repeat that again. When God responds to your faith and releases favor, when God responds to your faith and releases healing, when God responds to your faith and blesses you accordingly, it doesn't matter what the opposition has to say. If God says it, so shall it be. Faith that provokes Jesus Christ. Verse 20 says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. These Pharisees and teachers of the law, they began thinking to themselves, who is this dude? He speaks blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? These Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? I love it because these men, they are standing in the gap for this paralyzed man. Who, who wouldn't want friends that would exercise their faith on your behalf? Even when you might be struggling with your faith. That's, that's what standing in the gap means. It, it wasn't the paralytic's faith that impressed Jesus but the faith of his friends. That's what, that's what provoked Jesus. Jesus responded to their faith and healed this man for better or for worse. A, a person's faith affects others. Amen. I like this because this man, he's a paralytic or paralyzed and he's lying on this mat. The text doesn't mention anything about his faith. It doesn't mention anything about his level of faith, but his friends yes. have faith that can move mountains. Yes. His friends have faith that can tear the roof off the house. Yes. Jesus is not bothered by the tiles being torn off the house. In fact, he is encouraged by it. Yes. Yes. It's faith that gets God's attention. Amen. Yes. It, it, it doesn't give up. It is persistent, and then it becomes provocative. Jesus shows the authority he has been given by God just by the faith of these friends. This is the first mention of faith in this text. The text doesn't mention where they come from. It doesn't mention what their beliefs are, but it does highlight that they take action to ensure that their friend gets access to Jesus. So your faith needs to be provocative. I tell you that this morning, 
It doesn't matter if you're on the mat or if you're carrying the mat. Always make sure your faith is persistent and then make sure it is provocative. Amen. Amen. And if you're on the mat, make sure you have some people carrying the mat that don't mind standing up the for you. If you're on the mat, make sure you got some people that are carrying your mat that will intercede for you. If you're on the mat, make sure you surround yourself with people that will lay hands on you while you're on the mat, on the mat, brother. The people, the people carrying the mat are important. Surround yourself with the right people. There, this is why James says, therefore, confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful or effective. The King James says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Amen. Who's carrying your mat? Who's carrying your mat today? And then let me flip that again. Are you carrying somebody's mat? We all understand this today. Once we, Jesus forgives this man's sin. Once we, once we understand it, we, we've been forgiven of our sins by Jesus. It simply becomes spiritual healing at that point. Despite our failures and missteps, we don't need continual healing from sin. Jesus forgave this man of his sins. Uh, he, he does the same thing for us. The good news is we don't have to keep going back to Jesus for forgiveness of sin. It's, it's a once and done deal. This man wanted to get uh, physical healing, but he got uh, a forgiveness of his sin. It's a once and for all. He got up and walked away. And I come to tell you this morning, God offers the same forgiveness that he gave to the paralytic. He offers the same forgiveness for all of us. Forgiveness, it means that a relationship has been renewed despite a wrong that has been done. We struggle as humans. We struggle with forgiveness. But the good news is God doesn't struggle with forgiveness. And I came to tell you this morning, Jesus forgives on a level that goes far beyond our human forgiveness. Jesus says, friend, your sins are forgiven. We say, I forgive you, but I'll never forget what you did. Jesus says, Jesus says, take up your mat and walk. But we say, yeah, it's going to come back to haunt you one day. Uh, Jesus' forgiveness is not like ours. We hold on to it. We, we fake it till we make it, if you will. But when Jesus says your sins are forgiven, it's a total game changer. Because it goes far beyond human forgiveness. He paid the penalty that sin deserves. Therefore, sins can no longer be held against you. Amen. He, he, he removed the guilt that sin causes and he replaces it with his salvation and righteousness. Amen. Amen. And so Jesus puts away those sins forever. He says, friend, your sins are forgiven. But, and, and that is a result of persistent faith and provocative faith. But here's the third thing. And I'm going to get on out of the way. I know you're going to get in line at your restaurant. <laughs> We know the restaurants are crowded on Mother's Day, so we got to go somewhere and get in line. But let me move on. When faith is persistent and never gives up, it then becomes provocative. When faith becomes provocative, it then shifts the paradigm. 
paradigm meaning the yeah. model, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Faith shifts the paradigm. Yeah. I love it because Jesus, he responds to the concerns of the Pharisees. Look at it like this. He responds to those who don't want to see a new thing happen. Yeah. He responds to those who want to keep the status quo, if you will. That's why verse 22 says, Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? And Jesus goes on to say, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to give or forgive sins. He shifts the paradigm, if you will. That's the kind of faith we need, the faith that will move God to shift things around us, if you will. Not only does he respond to the opposition, not only does he respond to the onlookers, but the paralyzed man got more than he bargained for. That's paradigm shifting faith right there. He got more than he bargained for. He got a two-for-one special. He came for one thing and walked away with two things. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up. Take your mat and go home. Immediately, the man stood up in front of them. He took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. His friends were persist persistent. His friends were uh, provocative, if you will. And then that, that resulted in a paradigm shift in faith. A paradigm shifting outcome. Goes on to say, everybody was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. I come to ask you this morning, is your faith able to shift the paradigm? Beloved, little Zion and friends, I want to declare this morning, faith is about changing things, if you will. Faith is about shifting the atmosphere. It's about God doing miraculous things in your life. And I came to warn you also, if, you, if, if you're comfortable where you are, then faith is not, is not necessary. But it takes faith to move God. Jesus goes on to heal and forgive the man of his sins. But I want to suggest that your connections matter. And I always raise this question. I wonder, would this have happened if he hadn't surrounded himself with these men? Would this have happened if he didn't have faithful friends around him that cared about him. And I got to move on to the close. Faith means while we have to wait on God's timing for our healing of our physical ailments, we still need to maintain faith and hope in Jesus Christ. The good news about this text is Jesus Christ is the healer of body and spirit. Amen. He gives you double for your trouble. He gives you a two-for-one Special. And I declare this morning, we must never give up hope that it can't be done. That's the power of faith. So I'm done. I'm done. I believe Jesus is still a way maker. He's still a way maker. The command to rise signifies that Jesus sees forgiveness of sin as a form of rising or getting up from the dead. This old paralyzed man. He's told to rise and go home. He, he's, he's told to get up and re-engage in his life. Mm -hmm. yeah. He stands up, takes his mat, 
He walks out obediently in front of everyone in the house. And then the sermon title says, don't throw away your mat. The question becomes, why is he told to carry the mat that he was lying on? And this is what I ask myself. If, if, if I'm forgiven of sin and healed, why do I still need this old dusty mat? If my body's been healed and I've been, I've been saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, why do I still need this old dusty mat? Don't throw away your mat, child of God. It isn't a sign of his healing. Thanks be to God, he has been free from that which paralyzed him. And the good news is, what he was carried in on, he now walks out of He was carried in on it, but he walked out with it. Beloved, I come to tell you this morning, don't throw away your mat. The mat was a sign of his paralysis. Maybe, just maybe, let the church say maybe. Maybe Jesus wants him to take up his mat as a memory of what was. So he can continue to live with mercy and gratitude in his heart. Maybe, maybe, church say maybe. Maybe the mat is a reminder of him that uh, he should not let uh, his heart become hardened. He shouldn't get arrogant and full of pride. Maybe. Why did Jesus tell this man to take his mat? Maybe it was a reminder that he had been saved by the faith of his friends. And now his mission is to go tell somebody about Jesus. Maybe the mat is a symbol of what the men saying this morning. Repent of your sins and be baptized. Amen. Maybe Jesus wants him to find others who are paralyzed by sin. Put them on the mat and bring them to Jesus. Why did Jesus tell him to take his mat? Maybe the mat is a reminder that the door was blocked. But the roof is open. You can go on the roof. I think that's it right there. The mat, the, the mat is a reminder that Jesus set you free. That's it right there. Take up your mat and walk. The mat is a reminder that I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I used to lay on this mat, but Jesus saved a wretch like me. The matter is revived. I want to repeat that. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was proud, but now I see. I used to lay on this mat, but Jesus came to save that wretch like me. Amen. So I just want to encourage you today. Don't throw away your mat. Because it is a reminder that he came down from 40 and two generations to set you free. Don't throw away your mat because it is a reminder that he was despised and rejected by men just to set you free. Amen. Don't throw away your mat because he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief that was to set you free. Don't throw away your mat because it's a reminder that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our the chest, the chest, 
they hung him on that old fucking cross that was to set you free. When they placed the crown of thorns on his head, that was to set you free. Don't throw away your back because when they hung him high, when they stretched him wide, when they pierced him in the side, that was to set you free. Don't throw away your back because it is a reminder that those, those nails in his, his feet and in his hands, it was all to set you free. But it didn't stop there, y'all. When he came down from the cross and lay in the grave, it was to set you free. And I just, I just want to tell you one more time, don't throw away your back. You don't want to throw away your back because it is a reminder that even when he laid in the tomb all night and all night sucks out of the was to set you free. Don't throw away your back because it is a reminder that early one morning Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Connect with them by visiting their website, lzmbc.net. Pastor Henderson, Lady Henderson, and the Little Zion family want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you will not miss a moment of power.